Welcome to the Heroes of Reality Podcast, a podcast about the game of life and the hero's journey we all experience. Let's jump in with our host, Dylan Watkins, as he introduces today's guest. Are you passionate about using VR technology for good? Are you curious how to make a greater impact in this world using VR and XR technology? Well, on today's podcast, I have Daniel Dubosky Bryan. He specializes in making XR positive and meaningful to communities, educators, learners, and families around the globe. As the executive director of the Virtual World Society, he leads the mission for the global XR for good community and ecosystem. As the founder director of Educators in VR, he empowers a global community of educators, trainers, and learners who meet, share, and collaborate in and with VR to integrate XR immersive technology into education, training, business, and beyond. Without any further delay, I'd like to welcome Daniel Dubosky, Brian. Hey! Hey, Dylan. How you doing, brother? Great to meet you. Great, great, great to, to meet you here. as well. I am I am super excited as a, uh, I feel like we were just talking about the podcast. I felt like we were kindred spirits, you know? Yeah. It's very interesting to hear about other people's travels where you have similar uncommon commonalities along the yes. path and you're like oh i'm super curious about like what got you to be interested in all these things so like i'd love to first kick things off with how did you get started in the whole world of you know the vr for good creating meaningful applications um i got a call from the mothership <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um i uh about four and a half years ago, I happened to try a VR uh, device. I was looking for something to uh, engage with my son with, my son Ziggy, Ziggy Stardust. Uh, he's 14 now. And um, at the time I went on Facebook and at the time it was either PC VR or mobiles and there wasn't really anything standalone. Mm -hmm. I got this cheap thing, put my phone in it. I couldn't figure it out and I downloaded an app and it happened to be a 360 tour of the international space station and i wasn't prepared i didn't know what to expect i put this thing on my head and my mind was transported to this environment and it blew my mind it, looking back it was only a mobile phone it was only 360 tour like in comparison to other experiences now in virtual reality relatively tame if you like but going in not knowing what to expect having that experience I, I it literally dropped me to my knees. I sat really quietly on my sofa for a few <laughs> minutes, digesting what had just happened. Couldn't believe that my phone had done that, mm -hmm. and that I and also that I'd missed that technology was already at this stage. Um, and so that you, I don't know, you ever had the moment like it's it's kind of a, a cliche, but there's a moment that changes your life, and I can look back and point to that moment. Something happened in that moment. A light bulb went on and I was teaching as a college uh, lecturer, English and teacher trainer mm -hmm. at the time, uh, working with refugees and migrant workers and language learners. And something went click in my mind. I was like, I can use this to teach and beyond teaching, I can use this to learn for myself. This is a new paradigm of learning. If I can transport my mind and my consciousness into experiences and design experiences and put them into minds, there's something there. So I just dove headlong into that and ever since then it's been we're, i know your podcast is about the the hero's journey and allies just kept showing up right wow. and doors just kept opening and so 
you find yourself at the precipice of like, do I walk away from an open door or I, do I take this leap? And I just kept le uh, leaping and, you know, things kept showing up and uh, we can get in, into all of the details, but that's how it all started. I got a call from the mothership. <laughs> that was it. I love that. That moment for people that are VR believers or whatever you want to call the type of people, mm -hmm. you get that moment. I've had the same experience when I, you know, backed Oculus on Facebook, on, on Kickstarter, the headset mm -hmm. came in, I put it on for mm -hmm. the first time and my mind yeah. was blown. And it was, yeah. it was like a Zelda game. Someone took a Zelda game, the Zelda graphics and just come very cheaply cut them, the 2D sprites and put them on the sides and had them standing mm -hmm. up. And I was like, oh my God, that sense of awe, that sense of this is yes. possible too. It expands in your mind what is capable of happening in this world. And it's exactly. like nothing will ever be the same again. And then yeah. you say, like, how do I become a part of this world? How do I, exactly. how do I learn? How do I, how do I integrate myself in this world? And what I love about this is that you took this shift, right? You took the shift into how do I use this for teaching? How do mm -hmm. I use this to, you know, get out of my mind into this experience and get this experience into other people's minds mm -hmm. to really shift people's behaviors? Because really education is, is really about learning new skill sets and learning new tools. And, and right. one of the best means is, is virtual reality. Can you talk to me a little bit about how you use VR for education? Yeah. So, I mean, from that early beginning, I, I, like I said, I jumped in yeah, and I was amazed by how open the community was. Like I, I started searching Facebook groups and Twitter handles and hashtags and LinkedIn groups just joining everything, learning and reading and YouTube channels and stuff like that. And I would ask questions and get answers back. And now I know they were some of the CEOs of companies and I was just asking a question, but the, the community was so open and generous and welcoming. Um, and so as an educator, I found groups on Facebook, VR, mm -hmm. AR in education. So joined that and it was great. It's like, here's a Facebook group, great. Then I discovered social VR, like my first experience, I didn't realize that you could meet other people in this platform, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, wait a minute, I can wait, what? We can have meetings, we can meet other people and stuff like that. So why are we on Facebook? Why are we as educators? Why, why don't we have a group or a community on the social platform? So I created um, my very first event four years ago, yeah. almost a day now. Um, and I just called it educators in VR. Anybody interested in meeting up to discuss virtual reality and applications in new cases for education training. And the, the response was amazing. And on that first, um, on that first call, I met my co-founder Laurel. And ever since then, we just like shook hands like, Hey, let's do more of this. So we started from one event to uh, one event a month, two events a month. Now we're doing probably eight, nine, 10 events a week. And wow. over the last four years, we've done three and a half thousand events um, and we've done some big conferences. But back to your question, how do we use it? So yeah. partly we use VR to grow a community, mm -hmm. to discuss how this can be used in virtual reality um, uh, in, in education. And we invite speakers who are either doing something interesting or pioneering or unusual or have a particular app. So we don't do like pay to play um, stuff, but if we're interested enough to reach out to them, they get to talk about that. And, and we, we base it around questions and, uh, uh, and uh, applications rather than it being a pitch for a particular company and application. And then 
it took us a while to realize like you can invite speakers in and then you'll get speakers and likely presentations but really this is a whole new medium why are we doing why would we want to do powerpoint presentations when we can design the whole world as a as an interactive presentation so it was whole that that whole journey um so we kind of specialize in the multi-user and social vr use cases and application for education training just because that we're building a community yeah um, but there are many fantastic single user apps that we talk about and explore and share and yeah. single user is great but there is a thing i've had it because i've been in vr for almost a decade now right and there's a thing where you, you do vr for a while and then you kind of get jaded at some stuff right and then something else yeah. blows your mind and you're like i'm back right. in it right yeah. for me it was that social social yeah. vr i was at i think yeah. oculus connect two or three and it was the okay. toy room demo box thing okay. and i was there and i put on a headset and i saw another person across the way and there's all these toys in front of us and i was like he's like hey my name's this i was like are you a real person he's like yeah i was like oh my god you're a real person and i just started grabbing stuff and throwing it at him just <laughs> it was so fun it was the yeah. most amazing i was like wow i said okay so then that's when we we started only focusing on multiplayer as well because you feel the power of presence of having those interactions even though there's just toys i felt yeah. like a three-year-old in a playpen throwing things right. at you, just having a great time so can yeah. you talk to me just a little bit about some of those those the magic that you experience inside the social vr sure yeah sure so for a bit of context what we're both talking about okay. a friend of mine calls it juice right the whether it's single user or multi-user what we're really looking for i call it depth like depth in vr because you can get surface vr there's lots of surface vr and that's fine yeah. but then there are interactions experiences small things for me that go deep where i like okay i'm surprised or something engaging my friend calls it juice call it depth call it transformation whatever and so applied to multi-user um it starts with letting yourself when you're new you have to let yourself be vulnerable to be in a situation that's kind of new and a, and a bit kind of i don't know what to expect you have to just jump in right when it's your first time to social vr um i remember the first time i just I, what have i got to lose i walk up to somebody and ask them hey i'm new here how does this work and everybody will help you out so once you kind of just jump in and and find that nothing bad's going to happen the worst thing is, is you're going to take your headset off this is boring or i don't like that or something like you're uncomfortable but you do kind of get invested and then i guess what's different is on a video call we have voice and we have image and it's flat but once i can walk around somebody or like you said i can pick something up and throw them at them there's a different level of agency and investment with that and then almost immediately you feel personal space right personal space is really I don't know if you've noticed this and being a decade in VR I'm sure you have but if you're in VR subconsciously you will not get too close to another avatar it's only zeros and ones but that shit matters <laughs> excuse my language that matters <laughs> as much in VR as it does in the real world I know if I step too close sorry I'll back off or if an avatar like walks through my avatar hey that was rude so it's and it's we talk about um 
talk about the moments of magic. Sometimes the magic is actually something uncomfortable, like another avatar walking through you. It's uncomfortable, but it's like, oh my god. It feels like a ghost. Right, real quick, uh, Jimmy, what's up, buddy? It's good to see you, brother. Uh, he said there's no better look than seeing Dylan with a sense of awe. <laughs> what up, Jimmy? It's good yeah. to see you, man. It's a pleasure. Uh, he is a, a fellow journeyer with me. And we'll get into that. But I want to acknowledge him because he, he put a comment there. Sometimes we get comments and feeds. We'll bring him on and yeah, say yeah. what's up to them. Uh, Having people come into your space is weird. I actually, I never, I was never a fan of 360 video, right? And there was one time it actually worked to my advantage where there was a, I did a sexual harassment training video, right? And I was, yeah. I don't know, a girl or male or it could be someone, but I'm sitting down and I'm stuck in this space in the 360 video and this dude walks up and he's like, you know, like a water cooler talk and I'm sitting down and he comes up into my space and the thing is, but with 360, you can't move around. You can't leave. Uh -huh. So I am tethered to the ground. And I was just like, I was like, I was like, I was like, bro, get out of my face. <laughs> and it was so, but it, but it gave me empathy. It gave yeah. me empathy of what that would feel like to have somebody in your face when you feel locked down and trapped. And so yeah. it's, it was, it was, it was a good use case of using the constraints to actually create something that yeah. created more of an impact than I would versus me would, I would just normally just slide back. And it didn't happen. So, yeah. so the the multiplayerness we're talking about people go into your space and you can go through it. It's that sense of presence, mm -hmm. that sense of yeah. I need I need certain area to breathe. But yeah. you could, and that's what feels one of the things that does feel amazing about that is if you're in like a little tiny room or tiny space, you could put your headset on and be in a vast landscape, forest, yeah. clearing, yeah. valley, or whatever, and it creates that, and you and your mind it naturally just kind of like releases and goes. <sighs> Yeah, I remember um, when I was working in college, I got into 360 cameras and I yeah. took the camera to the beach. I just stood it literally in the shallow water yeah. and recorded five minutes and didn't think much of it, loaded it to my headset, took it back to college, showed it to a colleague who was quite highly strong. I didn't think much of it. I was just showing them something. You can have a look at this video. And they put the headset on and they just went quiet. Their shoulders dropped. It was like, oh my God, I'm standing in the water at the beach. And they, like the, the whole energy just shifted just for the sake of it was a sunny day at the beach, waves rolling. It's like, oh, and they like from not being really not buying into VR very much to yeah. just having that like short experience. That was a magical moment for them. And mm -hmm. it's interesting because you're an evangelist, I can tell, and you're like um, you, you've been around the block a few times with this. I, I'm curious to know if you share this. Mm. I. I'm so, I guess, passionate about VR that I take great responsibility in how I introduce it to people who are new. Because when you watch on YouTube, like the, the memes and the funnies about VR, is people running at a wall or getting scared or getting nauseous, um, jumping off Richie's plank or roller coasters, kind of bugs me. And sure, it's fun, right? It's, it's fun. But if that's your first experience, you might not come back for years because it turns you off. It's like, oh, yeah, I know VR. That's that. I didn't like it. Not for me. Yeah. But the opportunity to show somebody even just first steps on the Oculus store, right? That training video or a day at the beach or 
all of these other apps that when you've been in VR, maybe you take for granted, but there are some fantastic, very accessible applications and experiences that for somebody who's never tried VR, you show them that, it's like, bing, oh, wow, I could use it like this, I could use it like that. Um, and so it's really important to me to, to, to bring people in that route. 100% agree. Just, yeah. When I have demoed a number of times and I've, I've demoed to a bunch of uh, all ranges of ages, when I demo to especially younger kids, teenagers, we'll just say 13 and above, uh, as, as we, as we demo this, it, there's a thing that happens that I, I kind of be hyper aware of is when they put on a headset, the other people feel left out of the party because they're inside the headset. And so what they'll do is they'll poke them or they'll mess with them. And then the one thing I'm hyper protective is like, look, this is a very sensitive space. They're being very vulnerable. You're, yeah. you're poking, you're poking someone who's vulnerable right now. And that's yeah. not a good thing to do because then they yeah. can't let themselves go and experience the right. magic, which means right. when you go into it someone else is going to try to rob you of that thing as well. So how about yeah. we break that cycle? We have yeah. to give everybody some space. Well, you're going to have an amazing time and I'm going to make sure you're safe. Like I'm gonna make sure that he's safe. And so let's, yeah. let's do this. And that's because yeah. it's a very, uh, it's a very powerful situation to, to be aware of, uh, especially if I, I don't know if you were, I don't know if you were about to say it's a sacred space, but I actually would use that yeah. word. So yeah. there's something about it. Um, and for me, a bit of a broader context um, mm. of, of my journey, I guess. I started yeah. meditating when I was around 17. And um, I had some early experiences that just made me realize, wow, I can interface with my mind. Here's a, here's a, a protocol I can go, I can breathe, I can um, you know, bring my mind to focus or to rest to a certain degree. And it lets me influence my mind. Mm. Uh, and so I've, that's been with me all my life. A year or two later, I smoked my first joint, and the experience was, I can interface with my mind. Very different from 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 um, meditation, but genuinely still an interface. I have a, a level of interaction with my mind and my consciousness, mm -hmm. and then breathing, uh, different breathing techniques, did that for me. So I, 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 throughout my from from the age of seventeen, I've always been interested in different ways of interfacing with my mind and my consciousness. That's that's the broader context for this. VR comes along and it's almost, it's it's another interface for the mind for me. That's the primary interest for, for me in VR is that. Mm -hmm. um, but because it's like very, very visual, it's like so in your face. It's it's like a, with meditation, you can you can learn to visualize yeah. And you can go on mind journeys and uh, using hypnosis and stuff like that. Depending on your level of skill with visualization, that can be clearer or, or, or um, less, less in focus. Yeah. But in VR, it's, it's like super crisp, clear with a 3D space. It's, you could meditate all your life and not reach that level of visual clarity. Of course, you lose other things by, by, from that you can access with meditation um and it, it's by no means the same thing but the point is being able to interface the mind for me all of those things are for want of a better word sacred or spiritual there's an element of that absolutely there is this energy that i think certain people acquire 
and I feel it with you and I, it's with me as well, about being a seeker, someone that is seeking, trying to understand, understand themselves, you know, uh, curious about, you know, the inner landscapes of the minds, the outer landscapes of reality, how we interact with this world, what, yeah. what's going on, and, the, and, and seeking and going inwards to understand, we try mm -hmm. to figure out what tools and technologies can we right. use to really help us understand ourselves better whether it is plant medicines or mm -hmm. VR technologies or meditation or any these types of things, they're all assistance to help us understand and Absolutely. uncover the truth of that aha moment of, oh, that's what this means. And then how do we integrate that into our lives? And VR meditation, I feel is almost like, it's not the same thing, like training wheels with meditation. Instead of, instead of visualizing, visualizing, you have this environmental recreation around you that is a little bit more stable, a little bit more real, a little bit more solid. So instead of you trying to imagine it, and maybe you don't have those skill sets, it can kind of keep you on those railroad tracks and keep you yeah. on a certain path, getting you from where you're at to where you want to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I agree. I mean, there, there are many different definitions for meditation and mindfulness. Um, and I, I feel that VR can lend itself very well to guided mindfulness or, or, or journeys where, yeah. where, you know, but, um, actually my, my preferred type of meditation is with eyes closed. Mm -hmm. So, um, I, I don't actually use VR much for meditation. I kind of meditate by myself. I, I'm more likely to listen to an audio guided journey and let my mind do the work. But I think VR is still, I mean, it's not a new medium. It's been around for decades, but the, the content that we're still exploring, we're still understanding how to best apply it to certain use cases. And I feel that we're still have a lot of exploration to do with applying this technology to mindfulness and meditation. I think we're going to discover aspects of it that are going to blow us away. Oh, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. And this is just new tools, new technologies to, to get them from where we're at to where we want to go. Mm. And, and looking at, when you talk about this, you talk about doing, you're like, oh, we're in Facebook. Why are we in Facebook? We should do this in inside of virtual reality. Right. Can you talk to me just a little bit more about some of the benefits, some of the ways by meeting up in a social shared space, there's benefits. Can you talk to me about what makes it different than say a Facebook group? Yeah. So I was actually just meeting with a bunch of people earlier. We're doing a particular build and a platform called engage. And, mm -hmm. um, we've met a few times and we're likely going to be meeting in the real world sometime next year. And one of the people remarked, I wonder what it's going to be like when we meet in the real world for the real time, uh, for the first time. And I've had that situation a couple of times where I've been working with friends, like people who I consider life friends, and I've only ever interacted with them either on a video screen or in VR. And then earlier this year, I met them in the real world. And what struck me was how comfortable I already felt with them. Like, how much of a reference when you meet somebody for the first time, you're building references, you're, mm. you're, you're finding touch points. Yeah. And, and that had all been established. Like he picked me up at the airport, this guy, um, friend of mine, Chris. Yeah. Pulled up. I sat down in the car next to him, looked over. And I was like, 
yeah, we could be in, this could be in VR, you know, <laughs> and, stuff like that. and in, and in VR, we had been flying around in various different ways. Yeah. And so I said to him, yeah, fly me in your car, dude. Just <laughs> literally pick the car up and fly me to your apartment. It was just hilarious. And his, funnily, his car's license plate was OBJ. And that was just a joke <laughs> for the rest of the trip. It was like, that was a joke. Fly me in your OBJ. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For anybody that doesn't know, an OBJ is an, is an object. Uh, it's, a, it's something that you can import that actually creates a... A, a space, an object. So if you're uh, a building, a car, an, an, an yeah. element. So it's a, it's an object, and so it's a think of a PDF, but a 3D version of that file yeah. format is an OBJ, and you can pick OBJs up and fly them. Yeah, but to, 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 so the the advantages or the benefits of, yeah. of social VR is, is that the familiarity, the level of closeness you have with someone, uh, and the so on Facebook is fantastic. The internet. Twitter, any any social media platform is fantastic because they essentially they can connect. They can yeah. lessen the degrees of separation, right? We think 30, 40 years back, I don't know what was going on in Indonesia or in Kathmandu or in Siberia. But now I can go in a chat room um, or a social media platform and I can interact with anybody anywhere, which is amazing already. And now do that in a space, provide a digital space where I can do that in. And not only can I meet that person in that space, but I can manipulate that space to be the surface of the moon or underwater or the 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 the, the, the top of Mount Everest yeah. or the jungle. I can choose where I want to meet. You can design experiences um, that are just impossible. And you can connect with an extra and extra depth as well. So when we do projects with um, teachers from around the world. I know they come from, yeah, Fiji, um, Iceland, uh, Sao Paulo, Japan. And here we are all in a room and it feels like a room and avatars can be more or less realistic. But if the experience is good enough, your mind will just accept it. There's a, it will suspend disbelief. Just, okay, this is good enough for me. This is a space and these are real people and I get on with that interaction. And um, yeah, I have memories. Can I tell you a short little story, for example? Yeah, please, please. Um, when I first got into PC VR, which is a VR that requires a, a gaming computer to kind of power, I got the Oculus CV1 for Christmas. I was just looking for an experience to buy it. <laughs> I got it. And I, one of the first things I tried was Google Earth VR which is an amazing tool. So Google Earth is cool, but Google Earth VR is that, but you can fly everywhere, right down, and it feels like you're flying everywhere. You have the whole planet. And my wife had bought us a ticket to go to Gran Canaria. I'd never been there. It's a little island off the west coast of Africa. So I thought I'd do some research. And so in Google Earth VR, I live in the UK. I found my way to Manchester Airport, runway B, because that's where the plane takes off. So I'm sitting there in my headset, on the runway then i take off the runway fly over my house because that's the route and i find grand canaria i land there and um i land on grand canaria airport i said okay i probably have to take the bus found out where the bus would go and i did this whole research about two hours and i in in, in vr i went because it's a volcano i mm. went up this road and i went around the north face and everywhere I traveled i knew the island inside out a couple of months later we actually flew to Gran Canaria. And I remember sitting in the plane on the runway thinking I've been here before. 
and, and flew flew the route. Anyway, we spent a fantastic 10 days in Gran Canaria in this motorhome driving around and drove many of the roads that I've researched. Two years later, we were recalling this, this journey. And I said to my wife, yeah, one of my favorite days is when we drove around the North Coast. And she says, we never went to the North. We stayed in the South. I said, like, what, what do you mean? Sure we did. I remember it was this steep thing. And I only have that memory from Google Earth. <laughs> it's so real. I conflated it with, with the actual memories that I'd had with my family. Nuts. That's awesome. But that's the yeah. thing is that we remember things through spatial memory. We learn by moving through an environment. And that's why the memory palace or any of these other things that are out there work mm. so well, because yeah. we map the terrain in our mind and we move through that terrain and that creates a memory. And what's so powerful about that is that's incredible. I've had, I've had some amazing memories with friends, some epic moments uh, with people inside of virtual reality, like a like rec room. Where I was, yeah. I was going, I was fighting these guys and my friend's down. He's like, come save me. I'm trying to fight all the bad guys. He's like, high five me. And I barely make it high five them. And then we come back and we win. But I have that memory of being there at that place, in that dungeon, doing that thing with my friends. And it was, you still have all the same moments. You're suspending of disbelief. That statement yeah. that you said there about dis suspending disbelief, when it's good enough, people feel yeah. that you need to have, it needs to look like me and you. It needs to be hyper-realistic. It needs to have... Yeah skin and pores to make it look realistic good enough and yeah. for for yourself when you talk about educating in vr and you talk about oh well we have the old powerpoint system that we do now but we can do so much more talk to me about like what more can we do to to add to this reality when we're in this shared space together okay yeah so as an educator, I might want to teach students or learners about, let's say, um, the Brandenburg Gate in Berlin. Okay. Right? As a really important location that played a key part in, in the history of the last century. Um, and I'm, you know, if I'm doing this in class, and I'm a particularly innovative teacher, I might have a little model in the classroom with my students, uh, and I might show them a video on YouTube. I might play an audio recording of Ronald Reagan um, saying, you know, come take this wall down or whatever. And so there's already a bunch of media that as an, an educator you can access, and all of them are valid. And sometimes just audio would be really powerful, right? But what, <laughs> If I have a massive budget, I might fly my students out there and might go spend a weekend. It would probably cost me 20, 30 grand to get everybody out there with the insurance and, and then, you know, field trips. Um, but with virtual reality, for the price of a couple of headsets, I can create a class, bring them in. We can essentially visit that place. We can immerse ourselves on the um on the place of the brandenburg gate we can walk through it we can bring a model of ronald reagan in or we can play the video inside there we can have a tank rolling animated by um we can essentially have soldiers avatars on you know the, the clothing of soldiers avatars and then so it doesn't replace the youtube video it doesn't place the audio it doesn't place a, just a good old map where did maps go? I miss paper maps, right? <laughs> um, but 
it can add layers. Mm-hmm. And the important thing is that I can do that for students who are in the classroom with me so we can go on a field trip. But if I'm a teacher, I can be giving that lesson to kids and I don't even know, need to know where they are. The learners can be from anywhere in the world as long as they've got an internet connection and a device. They can join me in that lesson. And so educators that are embracing this technology can spark creativity, curiosity, or wonder, imagination in minds around the globe, not just in your classroom, not locally, but you can do this around the globe. And that's amazing. I love that. Yeah, it's the combination of you can you can have anybody from around the world be inside your shared present space experiencing a virtual in-person lesson, but yeah. do it, but do it with anybody. As long as you have the tools, technology and internet connection, right. you're ready to rock. Right. With that, what are some, I would call threshold guardians on the hero's journey? What are some difficulties or challenges that you face as an educator or being a part of the virtual world society? What about these things? What is difficult to, to really bring people into this space? What are some challenges that you currently face? Yeah. The firewall <laughs> in the college. <laughs> in the college, it's often the firewall. <laughs> totally, I totally hit that. <laughs> um, so that's. I mean, I joke about it, but if you're it's a real, it's a real thing. College, yeah, yeah, you have to. You have to do that. Have to make the IT department. Have to make them your friend because I love IT guys because they can enable you as an educator, right? But many IT people are not aware of VR as an educational tool. They might have, you know, they've heard of it, but it's just still very niche. And so you need, as an educator, that's, you know, uh, having allies to make it happen for you. Mm. And really, you kind of still have to be the champion yourself. When you're talking about smart boards or tablets or that's the kind of tools that the IT department knows and they can help you with when they're talking about VR a lot of it is still new and unknown for them so they have to you know yeah so that's one thing um to a degree content is is an issue I'm, I'm on two minds about it because on the one hand educators, busy educators, really, when we're talking about large scale deployment and mass adoption, Mm -hmm. most educators don't have the time to learn enough to create or find, they need to be given it on a plate in a way that they can handle. And we're not there yet. Mm -hmm. Um, So, so content, but my experience was that, you know, learn it just enough to be dangerous. Get a 360 camera, I can learn that. So um, so your question was about the threshold guardians. I think part of it is the will, your own fear, your willingness to jump in, make mistakes, figure it out, not have too high expectations, not, not be afraid to make mistakes, do, you know, push yourself beyond that initial frustration, ask for help. That was my experience, ask for help. So threshold guardians i'm trying to yeah. imagine no all those all those make sense in terms of threshold guardians right you have the mm-hmm. technical 
uh, and then you have the actual personal, interpersonal threshold gardens. Mm, you have the yeah, social yeah. threshold gardens and not willing to ask for help pieces. So all yeah, those, yeah. all the ones resonate and make sense with me. I've had, I've had the firewall experience. I'm actually going, I got to leave this early because I have to go demo and I got to go to a place and I don't yeah. know if the internet's going to work and it's a social demo. Yeah. So I'm going there early to test it out. So literally <laughs> what you're talking about, because there's a pop-up for the place I'm going to and a sign-in. And I don't know if the headset's going to allow me to do that. And so I'm literally going to go in, in this podcast in a couple of minutes here because I, I have to go and do that early. So, that, so I find yeah. out. So uh, you are a nail on the head with that. Um, with what we're talking about right now, um, and you've done a lot of work in the uh, with educators in VR and you've done a ton of time, thousands and thousands of events, the virtual world site, all this stuff. What is your holy grail? What is your flag in the sand? What is the thing that you hope to achieve by all of the effort you're putting in this direction? To help people, as many people understand that while this is a fantastic gaming console and gaming technology, there are layers of depth and meaning that you can miss if that's the only thing you, 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 you perceive it to be. So I guess to open and further the conversation around depth and meaning in VR, to explore depth and meaning in VR, whatever shape or form that takes, whether it's a single user application, social VR, depth and meaning. Um, and meaning can be community, can be creativity, it can be an income. Right, people now, YouTubers, um, podcasters, creators, the internet has given us a huge opportunity to generate income and value for people. And so, the three dimensional internet, spatial web, metaverse, whatever you want to call it, is going to add that, is already adding that opportunity. Um, and I, I want with my organizations, Virtual World Society and Educators in VR, we want to make sure that this is made, it's democratized, that everybody can be part of that wealth generation and that opportunity and that we want, we want kids from Bangladesh to create an amazing app and create value and, and, and support their community with that. We want kids from Alaska to win awards for events that they run in VR. We want educators from um, Nigeria to create a, a virtual university uh, and a, a, you know, a virtual PhD. And we want families from Navajo, Cherokee Nation to build communities that solve world peace. <laughs> this tool is really for everyone. And when aliens land, we want them to feel welcome too. <laughs> They'll go put on a human avatar to feel welcomed, you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Maybe that's what VR chat is, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, so, okay. So, okay, if that's the goal, if that's the holy grail, if that's that flag in the sand, what's the dragon? What is the thing that is seemingly so difficult to overcome? You might need to transform the people might need to transform to get there i guess putting up with friction putting up with friction and 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 the 
the, the distraction of the shiny toy, right? That we need the shiny toy to start the conversation, but then we need to get beyond the shiny toy. Um, and by shiny toy, I mean the, what do I mean? I'm not going to define the shiny toy. I just mean that, um, I guess the word metaverse is a good example, right? Mm -hmm. We have this word, nobody knows what it means. It doesn't really exist yet, but everybody's shouting about it. And that's fine because for me, it's a conversation and, 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 and like the Aborigines, we have to sing our own maps into existence, right? Song lines. We have to sing this metaverse into existence together. It'll be what it'll be, but um, we we need this conversation. And so for me, the word metaverse is a very useful thing. But at the same time, we can't get so caught up in it that we forget that that we that we own that we get just stuck on that one thing yeah. and, and 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 depth and meaning can be quiet individual personal things that you can easily miss so training people to slow down in vr a friend of mine chris madsen mentioned this in passing yeah a lot of people go too fast in vr and they miss those moments of depth or he calls them juice and it, it can be a little thing and so fighting in the corner of the little quiet things that we need to explore and, and, and let settle in whilst we're kind of being overwhelmed with the narrative of metaverse and, and all of this. Uh, I think that's, that's the dragon that, that we overlook the subtler aspects. Yeah, that makes sense. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing is that people get so excited and then they kind of eat a whole bunch on all the all the, the shiny candy of VR and they mm. put it away, right? They, it's like constant consuming versus stopping and looking at a flower for hours, you know? And it's also okay because we need all of that. We yeah. need the people on the sugar rush to go charge ahead, right? And then going. we need the more reflective people to process and help us digest that and, and formulate that. Yeah, it's the, it's the, it's the spectrum of humanity. You know, it is. That's the beauty of it. Absolutely. That's the beauty of it. Yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, is there anything else you'd like to let people know about before you tell them how to get a hold of you? Um, I'm just trying to think. So, please check out the Virtual World Society. Uh, it's an organization working to make VR accessible, democratized um, for impact and social social connection um please check out the virtualsociety.org that's the website um feel free to join uh, membership is free and uh, we hold community events um feel free to check out educatorsinvr.com there's also a free community um but most of all you know take your time with vr uh allow allow for a bit of frustration you know people want the whole thing on a platter right now and it's an exciting journey and part the frustration is part of what then motivates people to build cool stuff so be patient with vr and be patient with the metaverse and let it kind of let it crystallize around us into existence as we speak love it love it yeah it's beautiful and if people want to get a hold of you how do they do that daniel at virtualsociety.org 
um, is probably the best way. I'm on LinkedIn, Daniel DeBosque Bryant. I'm on Twitter at Daniel D. Bryant. You can find me that way, but email is probably best if you want to reach me. Awesome. Daniel, it's been an honor and pleasure. Thank you so much for coming to the show. Uh, have a blessed and beautiful day. I'll see you on the other side. Dylan, good luck with your threshold guardian. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, brother. Much appreciation. Thank you for listening to the Heroes of Reality podcast. Check out heroesofreality.com for more episodes. While you're there, you can also take the Heroes quiz to find out what kind of hero you are. Or if you have a great story and want to be on the podcast, tell us why your hero's journey will inspire others. Thank you for listening. See you on the other side.